the fitness industry. Built to improve our health, our self-esteem and ultimately our lives. Or is it? This week, we speak to intuitive movement coach Tally Rye to find out whether the fitness industry truly has our health or making healthy profits at its heart. We ask, is it more lucrative to sell us the dream unattainable body than it is to encourage us to be comfortable in our own skin? And how can we really tell who's acting with our best interests in mind in the fitness industry? Investing is just one way that you could take care of your future finances by giving your money more potential to grow. With Wealthify, you can start investing with as little or as much as you'd like. And luckily for you, Wealthify is offering all Money Unfiltered listeners the chance to get an extra £50 boost to your investment pot. You can pick a risk level that's right for you and know how much you're paying for your investments to be looked after by their team of experts thanks to their clear and affordable fees. So if you've been thinking about starting to invest and you've been putting it off, then now could be the perfect time to make the leap. So what do you need to do? Simply open a Wealthify plan and invest £50. Then, after 12 months of the money being invested, Wealthify will add another £50 to your plan. How great is that? Now for the legal bit. T's and C's obviously apply, and this offer is open to new Wealthify customers only. It will only be available to the first 500 qualifying customers. And you'll also need to claim the offer via the dedicated landing page and pay £50 into your plan by the 31st of December 2022. Head to the show notes for the link to claim this offer and read the full T's and C's or head to wealthify.com forward slash money unfiltered and remember with all investing your capital is at risk and you could get back less money than you put in wealthify is also authorized and regulated by the financial conduct authority do you think that the fitness industry is intentionally making us feel insecure about our bodies just to be able to make more money yes I also think there are a lot of people who already feel that way about themselves and then go into the profession of working in the fitness industry and then project that onto their clients. So it's just a bit of a vicious cycle, I think. Do you think it's possible to be successful in the fitness industry without promoting toxic and unhealthy narratives that have dominated for kind of as long as I've ever known? Yes, I, I, I so believe that to be true. And I think people feel that they have to, you know, have before and after photos of their clients to yeah. create a successful business. But I actually think in this industry right now, it's a USP to say that I'm not going to wear you. I'm not going to, you know, take any before and after photos. Instead, I want to help you feel good about yourself, about movement. And I think I can help you gain a greater understanding of, you know, ways to move which help you feel good. You know, you could go into many gyms around the country. Everyone's offering transformation programs. Everyone's offering, you know, the butt program, the, you know, all that stuff. Who's offering the program of, I want to help you feel confident in a gym environment. I want you to help you feel good about yourself. And we're going to build your confidence, knowledge and understanding around exercise. And that's what I offer. And I think if more people were to do that, more businesses would be profitable. I think it's really scary to do that. It can feel really like you're going out on a bit of a limb. You're going against the grain, but actually no one else is doing it. So please, if there are any personal trainers listening, please do that. I mean, we're starting to see a lot more brands embrace 
at least diversity when it comes to body image in their promotions in their advertising mm. do you think that it's a step in the right direction or do you think that there is an element of tokenism about it I think it is going in the right direction in the sense that we are starting to see that representation I, I think if we don't see that representation now people kind of call it out we want to see people who look like us in campaigns I think the campaign is the first step. The second step is to really see that through within the brand. And from like a size perspective, we really need to see that, okay, so you've got curvy models in your campaign. You've got plus size models. Are you actually catering to those body types with your clothes? And are you making stuff beyond a size 24? You know, are you actually seeing it throughout the brand and not just in a, in, I think, cause, it, cause you're right, it could be seen as a tokenistic way if it's just in a campaign and not actually in the product. Regardless of the intention, whether it's purely marketing or there's genuinely good intent behind it, we are seeing more representation of real bodies of all different shapes and sizes, thankfully in the media these days, but, Regardless, diet culture, fitness culture, all the before and after 30-day shreds, the butt program, it's all still so, so pervasive and it's in our face all the time. Why do you think when we're being offered what seems and sounds to me like a much more attractive option on the table to embrace uh, your real body, to enjoy movement, to enjoy food, why do you think this is still so pervasive, this culture? I think it's really scary to move from what is so known and accepted and encouraged to kind of rebel against that and do something different and go against the grain. And I think there's a lot of safety and complacency in what we know. And I think there's a lot of kind of fear and doubt and questions over, you know, letting go of diets. Because I think often people think if, well, if, if I do eat how I want to eat and I do exercise how I want to exercise which is usually not much at all because we're told that exercise is punishing and it has to be intense and all that kind of stuff then often people think they won't do anything at all and they'll overeat loads and that's not what my work is saying we're not saying just do that we're saying here's a framework with how you can make that shift but a part of that shift is letting go of the control around your body and your appearance and your aesthetic and we're terrified of weight gain we're terrified yeah. of what weight gain means we see how society treats people in bigger bodies and we're trying to avoid that for ourselves. There's a loss of privilege there. There's a loss of um, thin privilege. If you kind of know that, okay, my body's going to gain weight, that can feel really uneasy and tough. And, you know, on a logistical level, there's a, you have to buy new clothes and mm. you have to do all this stuff and not everyone can afford that. And so it's, it's really hard from what seems like in some ways seems like a really logical shift because wouldn't we all much rather just feel much more peaceful around food and exercise in our bodies? Wouldn't yeah. life be so much easier if we weren't constantly consumed with thinking about food and calories and I'm being good, I'm being bad and this, which exercise is gonna help me burn the most calories and oh, I better make time for that, you know, 6 a.m. workout or whatever. We get a whole, much, whole load of time and energy back when we do that. So I think that's a real payoff. But also, like I said, there's a chance that we lose the control that we've kind of felt like we've had. I think we falsely have, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you touched on it there, but do you think that we have been encouraged really by like the fitness, diet, cultures, the industry to not trust our own bodies? Because that's what it feels like sometimes. Yes, absolutely. 
absolutely I feel like oh I feel like diet culture's whole MO is to make us distrust ourselves and gaslight us into thinking that we don't know how to eat we don't know how to exercise and we we can't be trusted because if we were left to our own devices then like I say we'd eat all the quote naughty stuff and we wouldn't exercise at all we'd never get off the sofa and so we feel like we have to outsource things to other people and ding 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 someone's got a weight plan for that (laughs) someone's got a plan someone's got a regime an app and you can buy a book you can buy and that will tell you how to do these things because you couldn't possibly trust yourself whereas the paradigm with which I work in and the framework which I use of intuitive movement is kind of in relation to intuitive eating is all about reconnecting you to yourself regaining your body regaining trust with you so that you have the understanding and awareness of your own body to make those judgments and calls for yourself because you understand yourself more and you trust yourself more and I think like you say a lot of people are going to make a lot of noise and talk badly about those shifts because they stand to lose a lot of money if if we all accepted ourselves tomorrow a lot of people would go out of business and I mean when you put it like that it's quite stark that there are so many people that Mm -hmm. are making money out of our insecurities effectively but I guess for anybody that is struggling with like where do they go if they're trying to escape this diet culture which is everywhere you only have to pick up a phone and you're like boom 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 before or after get skinny lose weight for anyone that is looking to start to break free from that where would you encourage them to to start how do you begin to shift your mindset kind of also knowing that it's not going to be a quick process it, it, it isn't a quick process if you think how long you have been in the cycle in the diet cycle ingrained in that thinking and thought process around food and exercise in your body we can't snap our fingers and expect to unlearn that process overnight it is an unlearning process and a lot of what intuitive eating does a lot of what intuitive movement does is really peel back the layers of those different things and look at those relationships from different perspectives to give you the prompts and questions and tools to help you identify the ways in which your relationship with food and exercise has been impacted by diet culture but also work to rebuild those that relationship so that you do have trust with yourself you do have that connection you do have that peace of mind because that's what it is it's really regaining back a sense of just peace you know it gives you the tools to have that positive relationship so that you can go on and live your life and I think One of the huge things about people letting go of diet culture is I think for so many women in particular, not only do we save a lot of money, we save so much headspace and time. And what we can do with that headspace and time is incredible, you know, and there's a quote by uh, Naomi Wolf from The Beauty Myth, and I'm going to paraphrase it terribly, but essentially saying that diets are a distraction for us and you know especially for women we if we're so engaged in that we are not engaging politically and therefore we are much more easily swayed a certain way rather than having the opportunity to kind of think for ourselves and actually organize and campaign around the things that are really important to us so I always say to people like okay so it it can be terrifying stepping away from diet culture but and and gaining weight but you gain so much more with that you gain time energy freedom spontaneity and with all of those things we can actually look at the important issues we can actually you know 
use all of our resources to you know to hopefully make a difference and I think so many of us stand in the way of that because dieting and diet culture makes you live in a very selfish world Mm. and you you're always looking inwards and you're always worried about how people perceive you and I think actually letting go of that means you start to look outwards more you're able to engage in the news you're able to engage with what's going on and you're more cognizant of tough stuff in society it's it's what I attribute you know I never thought I'd write a book because I didn't have the the capacity to do it because I was so consumed with myself yeah and actually I was able to create something you know what's holding everyone back from really achieving their true potential and really doing something incredible so to me that's one of the biggest benefits of shifting away from the cycle of diet culture. I think one thing there that you touch on is that actually as well there is a huge amount of privilege in diet culture that doesn't really get acknowledged that much and the amount of privilege not only financially but also in time because so many people don't actually have the time that you need to dedicate to really immerse yourself and become obsessed with your diet really. Oh and especially during this kind of cost of living crisis there will be people who will have to make you know financial cuts and sacrifices and you know a lot of those things are going to go are going to be the things they kind of do in their free time and you know easy to go and that might be a gym membership it might Mm. be you know um making you know different choices nutritionally because that's more cost effective for them and uh, I think that the people that kind of oversimplify what it is to be fit and healthy kind of sell us as uh, sell it as a cheaper lifestyle a it's way easier to buy vegetables and stuff but it's also a lot harder to have the time energy resources you know pots and pans and all the different things to make all these supposedly super healthy recipes mm. you know it's not actually as accessible as we think it is mm. and you know that's a a problem with a lot of people in a privileged position trying to give advice to people who aren't in that position and not truly knowing what it's like to walk in those people's shoes and so I think we have to be mindful that you know I've used the phrase the worried well you know that there's so many of us that have that it's a huge luxury that we get to like really stress over you know how many different varieties of fruit and veg are we having in a day am I hitting my 10 fruit and veg a day when some people are struggling to even do afford a weekly shop you know so we have to put it in perspective and you know if you're in a privileged position to do those things and you want to do those things I mean good for you but just be aware that not everyone has the resources to make the same choices that you do and just be really mindful of that and and acknowledge that because you know I don't think it's necessarily anything to be ashamed of but we just have to have more awareness of it yeah I think it's very easy when we look at the fitness industry a lot of the influencers to place a lot of blame on them and the toxic messages and culture that they're promoting but do you think in order to see real change we actually need to take a much more empathetic and compassionate approach and understand that perhaps they aren't necessarily promoting these things purely to make a profit or out of badness maybe they themselves are wrapped up in the culture and really believe that this is the right way oh absolutely I think there are a lot of people with really great intentions with really bad information that's the way I see it you're right I do I do hold compassion for those people it's not to say that they haven't potentially caused harm along the way to those people but they've done every I think people genuinely do things with good intentions I think where I find it tough is when people repeatedly be 
kind of told or saying actually this isn't helpful this isn't this is this and then they kind of double down and don't really listen to to people's perspectives I think that's frustrating but I do think you're right there's a lot of people in the fitness industry and and like you know I said I I see people on TikTok I'm literally seeing myself and I just have a lot of compassion for that person because you're doing all the things you think you should be doing because this is what has been role modeled to you and this is why I see it's so important that my job and other influencers who are kind of have a similar message to me are hopefully given the platform and are seen and are heard so that people realize that there's an alternative I think that's the biggest thing that people know that they do not have to go down that route they don't have to continue perpetuating diet culture and the diet cycle to have a successful business have a successful platform but it still is the dominant narrative and it's totally understandable how people end up doing those things Mm. but I think people are also on their own path and it's tough and I think if you're a person who consumes those people's content and you recognize that they don't make you feel good about yourself about food about exercise and perhaps they make you feel guilty about things like set the boundaries unfollow Mm. them take your time away you know people have unfollowed me over the years because they thought I was toxic yeah. to them I actually regularly get messages of like I stopped following you you know five years ago and I'm so happy to come back and to see you're in a much different place and it's really lovely to see and I actually think that's awesome message to receive because not only has that person recognized that they had to set boundaries for their own healing but that I'm glad that we've clearly gone on quite a similar journey and that they're now in a place <laughs> yeah. where my page is a positive place to be for yeah. them so you know People consuming content have to set their boundaries and I hope people creating content get better information. And is there an element, do you think, of responsibility that the social media platforms themselves have? Because one thing I've seen a lot of people say is like those before and after pics and those transformation shots, they get the likes. They They get pumped out by these platforms. So is there also a question as to whether those platforms need to do something to stop it or is it on us? Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? Because as much as I hate and quite frankly detest before and after photos, I really think that people have every right to do what they want with their body and people have every right to go on that journey if they want to. Yeah. And do social media platforms have a responsibility? I'm not sure they do, ultimately. And I don't think they should necessarily be censoring things like that. I do, however, think we need to work on having a better education so that we can critically evaluate those before and after photos and ask questions like okay well what happened after that 12 weeks okay so they've done it that this long show me them then in two years time five years time 10 years time and I'd also love to know okay you show me a picture but I'd actually love to hear you know what the mental and physical toll has been on this person and how they feel about their bodies in a couple of years time when no doubt they've probably gained weight again because that's kind of what we know about dieting long term is that it naturally um our bodies fight back to kind of get back to a rough set set point weight so we know that there's likely to be weight regain you know how do they emotionally deal with that you know I think that's more interesting and so I think we need to increase media literacy I think we need to understand filters I think we need to talk about photoshop I think we need to have all of these conversations because they're still going to exist I do think what's really interesting now in the UK is particularly with influencer content uh, thanks to Sasha Polari who's actually a friend of mine she did a campaign around influencers not being able to use beauty filters when they're creating content around beauty products and things like that so that you're actually getting a true depiction of what the products that they're selling are and she brought in guidelines with the ASA 
And so she really made a difference. And I think if more people are able to do things like that, amazing. And I hope that, you know, she did influence an industry body. And, you know, that also no doubt gets fed back to places like Instagram. And I'm sure those companies take those things on board too. And I think perhaps there's just more transparency from a social media perspective, from a, from the company's perspective, rather than, you know, all the onus being on them. Because I think it's, it's the users doing, posting the photos, right? So we need to hopefully just, yeah, increase education, awareness and media literacy, I think. If there was one thing that you could magically erase and just one from diet culture, what would it be? I think it I think it probably would be before and after photos actually I think it would be because I think especially from a fitness perspective they hold so many people back from thinking that a fitness journey is a weight loss journey and that people who exercise regularly have to have an after photo to prove that they have got fitter and stronger when actually your body visibly might not change drastically from the outside but you may have increase your strength your stamina your speed your endurance your mobility balance all of those things and you don't need a photo to prove it you just don't and that's it's my biggest bugbear and I wish more people realize that because I think a lot of people go on a fitness journey and feel like oh wow I found some consistency and I'm notice I'm stronger and I'm lifting heavier and or I'm running faster or whatever it is and then someone takes a photo of them and they're like oh but I'm still unhappy with my body and so like oh there's no point done all that sacrifice what's the point I'm not doing it and then they give up and that's how so many people get stuck in an all or nothing cycle because they feel like they have to have this visual proof the proof is in the pudding isn't it the proof is in the pudding the proof is in like what you're actually doing yeah the proof is is nothing to do with a a a photo of you from being in some like old scuzzy underwear that's like (laughs) and like looking really disheveled to having a spray tan and oiled (laughs) up in a like really nice fitting bikini (laughs) honestly i mean thank goodness for you and people like you who are really telling the truth and the right messages that we so want to be hearing about our health and our fitness i have honestly been so inspired speaking to you and I'm sure all of our listeners will have been as well for anybody who wants to buy your book get the train happy journal find you follow you where's the best place for them to go so you can find me on Instagram at Tally Rye you can find my podcast the train happy podcast it's also we've got on Instagram as well at train happy podcast and you can also get my book train happy the train happy journal and all of those places I hope will answer questions that people may have and bring some joy. You're so joyful. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Happy in the title, you know? <laughs> yeah.